Well, it is my joy and privilege to be here this morning. I think I have not preached from this pulpit in 20 years, and it is like coming home. So thank you for the privilege to be your guest this day. And I mean that. It is like coming home. Upon returning, I noticed that some things were the same, but different. Well, this is the church, as you know, where I grew up with you all. And I was baptized here. Took confirmation classes. I think Deanna may have been down there with me in the parlor. We were acolytes. I think, Deanna, we learned to draw tigers and cats in the pews when the sermons went a little long. And we were acolytes. There's so many things. I mean, I wrote this yesterday, and now I'm looking at everyone, and I'm like, oh, half the stuff I wrote, you already know. So uh, bear with me. I may skip around on this a little bit, but this was a place where so many of us uh, played hide-and-seek. We uh, knew each other in a way that is true community. We made lasting friendships in the builders. Many of us got married here. We watched our families be true community to one another. We've watched those we've loved, who shaped our faith, who helped mentor us during our teenage years, who may have been there during tough times as we navigated adulthood. And we've watched those important people of our faith development pass away. When I enter this place, I am keenly aware who is no longer in the pews. But I'm also so deeply, fondly aware. It presses upon my heart how they shaped me, how they influenced my faith and taught me what it means to be a true disciple. And so, I am so immensely thankful for a litany of people that if I said all their names, we'd all be in tears. So, I will not do that. But there is comfort. There is comfort in the legacy of the faithfulness of those lives, of how they shaped each of us, and how, the, how they continue to shape this place. It's what I love about Highlands. We know it's not the brick and mortar of this building. It's the people. It's the love given and received, both past and present and future. It's what we receive here as Christian community. And there are many churches this day that are struggling. Mainline denominations are in decline. The pandemic has taught many of us that we like to be in our jammies on Sunday morning and that it's nice to do a podcast when it works because our lives have become, for many of us, increasingly busy. And revitalization at any church, no matter the size, takes a tremendous amount of work. So one thing I noticed walking around, why many things are the same, and I noticed the differences. I noticed how hard you are trying, how hard you are reinventing what it means to be community in a world of the nuns and duns of those who would rather be at Starbucks and Home Depot. How hard it is to be the church in a world 
that is increasingly finding alternatives elsewhere because they don't know the gift of a place like this. You see, what happens here is, in fact, rare. And revitalization, revitalization takes a lot of work. And so what I've seen is that you're getting ready to open the cafe, that you have the community gardens that you tend to, and then you give the food, I assume, away to bless others. There are changes we are making here in the sanctuary, the parlor, and those are just a few that I noticed. I'm sure there's many more if we sat down that you would tell me. But whether through little acts, small or big, whether through ordinary or extraordinary gestures, it is obvious to me in the brief moment I've been back that you were striving to do what John Calvin reminds us. And that is to make the invisible kingdom visible in our midst today. That reformer knew something. Change is important. Because church is not about the membership. It is about living that faithful life of discipleship in your time and place with the people you come across to bear fruit. It's about spreading the good news, that compassionate love of Christ in any way that you individually can in a relevant way to meet the needs of people who come to either be neighbors or strangers in your life, to make that invisible kingdom of God visible in the world today through our daily actions, even if they seem mundane. Because we are to be a people of discipleship who proclaim God is with us when the world is not. God is for us when so many people choose hatred. God loves us when many people feel unloved. And God loves you. And you have a purpose. Especially when there are people you know who are hurting and downtrodden and feel trampled by life. You matter. You can make a difference. And so we know that people without church homes, they don't come flocking to church on Sundays anymore. There are so many alternatives rather than being in a mainline church. And that's not to say that non-denominational or other churches are not doing a good ministry. They are. I'm just speaking about mainline churches because that's what Highlands is part of. And unfortunately, for a long time, it has felt for me as a minister that I'm rearranging the chairs on the Titanic. But I've learned it's important work to try and try again. Barna data has um, suggested this is a major research in the world. They do data from all sorts of polls. They're the people who call you on the phone. And what they found that during the pandemic, people have gotten out of the routine of church, and many have said they will not return. But this passage today amid all the depressing statistics, reminds us from Romans, it speaks that timeless message, hold fast to what is good. Remember what the church is about, but don't change for change's sake. While we are to be a people of the reform tradition and we are in that legacy of making changes, think of it like pruning a garden, preparing the soil, for you as modern-day disciples, you're the current stewards of this place. You've been given the responsibility of this inheritance. 
of Highlands to continue this ministry, to be that extension of God's loving kindness to countryside and to the Chicagoland area. And if the pandemic has taught us absolutely anything as the church today, it's to be more nimble, to try a new way of extending and adapting our ministry and our faith practices. So change, faithfully done, which is led by God, is important for the church today. Tony Robbins, life coach, author, and motivational speaker said, remember this, by changing nothing, nothing changes. Now that's not rocket science, but it reminds us that we cannot afford, as modern day disciples, in this new landscape of ever-changing ministry, that we cannot afford to not make changes. We must admit that that work of the 1950s, when this church was filled from back to front with people and there were baptisms all the time, that is not the church of today. So we need to stop comparing ourselves to that. And I say that here to you all as much as I would to my home church where I'm serving, while I consider you my home congregation where I grew up. My church of 1,200 members is struggling with the exact same things you are. And Paul reminds us all, God's co-workers need to be unified in vision and purpose. So we get this letter in Romans from Paul, and he has revisited and restated the theological affirmations. He shares that with the people, and then shortly after, he pens those important words, therefore. Now, when you get therefore, think of it like behold or listen up. It's where the room should fall silent. It is that series then of ethical exhortations noting, hey, people, this is what we believe, and this is who we are, and this is what we're about. And then Paul concludes, therefore, you should act in this way. This is how you are known by Christ's love. This is what sets you apart from all the ways of the world. And in doing so, Paul then reminds us, again, focus on what it means to be the community that you call beloved. Be earmarked with compassion, says Paul. Show the love of God and the love of neighbor, for they are absolutely inseparable for Paul. He believes that each one of us can make a difference in the body of Christ, whether you are an irregular attender, a frequent attender, or whether you are searching for a church home. We each have a place and purpose in ministry. And so I want to tell you, you are tasked to not maintain the status quo. But don't worry. Don't get sidetracked by the things of like how many people were in the pews on Sunday morning, because that's not what Paul would be focused on. That's not what Jesus cared about. It's more about living into Christ. It's more about how can you grow as highlands in discipleship to tend to the spiritual formation of the children in these pews and Sunday school classes? How can you go out to Highlands School or to the local fire department or down the street and blossom acts of kindness? How can you bear new fruit with some neighbors and give in a way to this community around you that you do it with no strings attached? So if you sit here today and you feel like you have rolled up your sleeves and dug down deep and you are plum tired and tuckered out because you've been trying to help the church revitalize again, trying to help it transform and change, and it just feels like it isn't, hold fast to what is good. 
ask for help, pass the baton, share the work, invite your friends. People are more likely to visit this place if you personally invite them than any mailing he can send out. It's true. Because when you're excited about the faith and when you show love, others want to be part of it. Hold fast to what is good, says Paul. Live boldly together. The Reverend William Sloan Coffin once said, most church boats don't like to be rocked. They prefer to lie at anchor rather than go places in stormy seas. That's because we as Christians view the church as an object of our love instead of the subject and instruments of God's faith, he says. He goes on and says that faith cannot be passive. It has to go forth and assault the conscience and excite the imagination. And faith must fan the flames of creativity altogether as much as it banks the fires of sin, he concludes. And Paul reminds us, have that vision of what human behavior looks like when it is reshaped by God's calling to be the church in the world today. Held in that lens of divine love, Paul challenges them, listen up, get focused, get together in common purpose, and be a co-worker. It's a call that can engulf us, and it reminds us, do not be a place built on self-interest. Be God's people. Work together with what you've been given in discipleship. Dare to be that community that Christ is proud of. For as Frederick B. Wilcox once said, progress always involves risks. You can't steal second base and keep your foot on first. We can't steal second base and keep our foot on first base. We have to move. And if we want things to change in our denomination, in our church, within our congregation, our community around us, if we're depressed by the news, we must take risks and willingly step out on faith. Haha, <laughs> but change takes some getting used to. It's hard for some of us more than others. And it's not always comfortable. And it's not always what we would prefer to do if we were working alone. But we're in community. And you might not always agree. Change is hard. That's where we can start. But in such moments of confessing that there are changes that maybe you personally don't like, that you would prefer wouldn't have happened, maybe, just maybe, we can trust each other. And if I could give you one piece of advice that I've shared with my own congregation, it's really more a quote, a question, in fact, from author-journalist Frank Scully. Why not go out on a limb? Isn't that where the fruit is? We are in a time in our life of our denomination when many Presbyterian churches are closing their doors, and some have found ways to shift and follow God into the future, and it beckons us to go out on that limb of faith because we can't afford not to. So take comfort. Take comfort that God is leading, that God is with you. And what I noticed, that things are the same, but different. And I am proud to call the Highlands my home church. The pews might have moved. The front looks the same. 
and the fonts in a different place. The choir might have thinned out and familiar faces may be gone. But the Highlands Church that I grew up in, that shaped my faith as a disciple, it's always been a place where I have experienced God's love. A place where the gift of Christian community, of what it means to share the warmth of God's love, has always been felt, given, and received. It's a place where Christ's compassion dances on your fingertips as you serve others. It's a place where I saw the visible, tangible gifts of loving kindness and felt that invisible mercy, grace, and forgiveness of God. So take comfort. That next chapter is still being written. How will you get involved? How will you be part of the change? What time and talent or treasure can you give so that others might also call this place home. Thanks be to God. Let us rise. Let's sing together hymn number 203. Yesu, Yesu, fill us with your love. Mm -hmm. 